and it's a free show, ladies and gentlemen. It's beautiful. I haven't heard such beautiful recording music since the third grade, Steve. What do you think? It sounds good. must be Dale Radio. <laughs> and I, of course, am your host, Dale Seaver, and you're listening to another episode of Some Things I Enjoy, coming to you, as always, from the foul banks of the Guanas. <laughs> I told you, you're going to get some close-up magic, and you're getting it right now. <laughs> Never been this close. But it's exciting to be here. And uh, our intimacy will only grow as the evening progresses. But uh, it's exciting to be back here at uh, Film Biz Recycling. And don't you worry about the range. I know they've been heavy at times, but if you start to feel your converse getting wet, we have plenty of higher surfaces to move to. Just climb up on one of these dressers. we got plenty of wood to make an arc if we need to. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, because if you're doing well, I want you to just take a look at the room. Uh, and do what I do whenever I get on the subway car and just uh, think about this. If this is the group that you're destined to repopulate New Earth <laughs> with, or Gaia, if the women have their way, uh, that's, uh, this is, I'll tell you something, that's why I run around and shake everybody's hand, just to get a good, good look at everybody. Ray Charles with the wrists. I just want to know that you all are, are capable of sustaining us in our new future. It's sad that everyone else had to go, but we made it because we were down here in film biz. <laughs> we chose a free night on the Gowanus, and it saved us all, didn't it? But uh, I think some of you are going to be okay. I think there's a good coconut radio maker back there. And uh, uh, some of you over here look good at uh, gathering, so we won't, we won't want for nuts. Thanks to you, assuming there's nuts left. Of course, we've got to be careful about that. I bet a lot of fellows are worried about the future of their nuts. Is that true? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, somebody that's not worried about the future of his nuts, Steve O'Reilly's over here. <laughs> Steve O. Hold on, let me get up on a higher plane just in case the waters rise. Thank you very much. Well, uh, uh, Steve O, how are you, sir? Good, pick up the mic there. I'm doing great, thank you. Yeah, doesn't that sound better? That sounds nice for everybody. That's great. And uh, 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 Steve, you were, that was you playing at the top of the show, wasn't it? That was me playing. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was me. That's true. You really composed an epic there. Well, me. I wanted to make something special for you, Dale. Well, I think we all agree you did. Right. Yeah. It could have been 20 minutes longer, but you did. It was terrific. And it got all the high notes and all the low notes in all the right places. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, Steve-O came down all the way from, uh, what was it, Upper East Side? Upper East Side. Yes. Upper East Side. He's the charter member of the Upper East Side Dead Radio Fan Club. Mm -hmm. Listen to every episode. I damn right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't work blue on the show. So let's uh, keep the language in check there, Steve-O. You know how it works. Okay, I know you get excited about things, but I want you to be careful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's great. Steve O listens to every show, and every every time the morning after I post a show, I get a very lengthy email on ways I could improve and things I could do better. Yeah. Oh, I do have some notes. <laughs> I look forward to tomorrow. And uh, Steve O, in fact, composed the original theme song for Dale Radio mm -hmm. that we used way back yeah. in season two. Yes, uh, the Magnum PI version. That's right. It was yes. very driving and very yes. like I was on a helicopter with a mustache. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just a mustache. You ever think about growing a mustache? Steve? I have thought about it a little bit, but um, I, I, it doesn't doesn't suit me very well. 
All right, we'll go with your passion. That's what yeah. I always say to people. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Stephen, would you mind playing me a little sitting down music? Oh, something, sure, I'd love to. Hold on a Let me tell you, something slow, like waiting outside of a food truck for an ethnically confused foodstuff at an outdoor uh, festival. <laughs> That's nice. Ah, thank you very much. <laughs> Steve O'Reilly, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, we go to great lengths to do uh, a lot of set dressing here because it's an audio podcast. So I want to draw your attention to this here. And it's a little foggy tonight because it's quite humid, isn't it, out there? Oh my goodness, drink up the free beer, ladies and gentlemen. But this is a little terrarium, and if you look closely, uh, there's me. Oh, damn. Inside there, right on the banks of the Kiwani. If it's uh, if the Kiwani was uh, wildly overgrown, again, if the, if the ark doesn't work out, we may have to move to bottle cities, and I'll be okay there. But that was made for me. That's in an old whiskey bottle, some Templeton rye that I had. And I took it over there to Twig Terrariums, who were guests on the show, and they I said, can you put me in a bottle? And uh, they did. Isn't that something? I could look at it a long time. <laughs> Just terrific, those people over there. Boy, you think it's warm down there. Where do you get up in the lights? This is uh, it's something, isn't that? It's a performer's life, though, isn't it, Steve-O? It is. Let me ask you something. Were you athletic as a child, Steve? You looked like you were. Well, you know, I did a little bit of here and there. A bronze god of the middle school set, were you? <laughs> I did a solid shot putting. Shot putting, were you? Yeah. And the javelin, is that what you told me? Yes, I did a little javelin throwing. That's good. You put that on your try not dating to... profile, do you? <laughs> yeah. The javelin always brings him in. Yeah. But... More than shot put, I think we can yeah. all agree. The shot put is more of a... Um, an... You know, plays a bigger role though in life, I think, pushing very heavy objects. The skills stay with you. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, you know, I ran track. I was forced into it. I ran track. Hurdles and, uh, or? What's that? Hurdles? Or? Indeed, I did run hurdles. And uh, it was something that my father felt was very important for me to do. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, all right, I'm good. And let me tell you, I was the only child there at the old uh, high school to gain weight running track. Because this is, this is what, and by the way, the fashions at that point were not really up to date. Now you have things that are like nice shirts and they have a wicking, a wick off, it's a street near here. It's a, they have a wick off thing that happens. I think that's how you say it. And it's all very fancy. But in that time, we had a very short, light blue short shirt and a white mesh our colors were uh, garnet and white. Ah, garnet. We had light blue shorts and a white mesh tank top. Now, I'll tell you, nobody looked better in this outfit than me. <laughs> At that time, I probably weighed 100 to 120 pounds, less than I do now. And uh, just a big poof of hair and an Adam's apple. I looked like a celery stalk that swallowed a baseball. <laughs> they put me in this outfit. Anyhow, every time it, 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 the open uh, training, you had to run around a little town there, you know. Sure. You run through the town and do training. I don't know how many miles it was. And I'll really tell you why. I don't know. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter for the purposes of this story and for the purposes in this story. But uh, it's just, that's a little bit of a slip there. I always got dolphins on the brain. Worry not. They're so smart. And they picked the copper one. Anyhow, uh, so we all go off in the real serious track. We run through the town. You run right past the stadium and you get to the end of the street. And all the real serious trackers would go to the right. Me and a couple other fellows would go to the left. And we'd go right into a Bevan sandwich shop. And we'd order up a roast beef sandwich, a black cherry wishnack, a Philadelphia soda, and a pint of coconut ice cream. And we had it timed perfectly, so we sat out there on the curb, we ate our roast beef, we ate our coconut ice cream, we ate the black cherry soda, and uh, we'd see the guys coming around the corner out there by car wash, and we said, all right, good, let's go. And we'd get back, we'd run back and say, how you doing, coach? I gained a lot of weight doing that. <laughs> I tell you. But exercising is fun, isn't it, Steve? It is really good. And that's great. 
So uh, you're doing okay. You still what do you you train people in, in the guitar lessons and things? Yeah, sure, sure. A lot of a lot of uh, young uh, young people still want to play guitar. That's great. One of our great instruments, isn't it? It is. And the last time I think you tell me about somebody that was uh, learning Taylor Swift. Is that right? Taylor Swift's pretty big with uh, a certain demographic. You yeah. Know, tend to be somewhere between uh, nine and fourteen-year-old girls tend to love the Taylor Swift. Maybe eighteen. I don't know. Sure. I'm. That's a target audience for this. Sure, I've gotten into it myself. I've taught it enough. I could play you some ballads, that's for sure. Sure. Well, let's not do that tonight. But, you know, Taylor, by the Taylor Swift, she got real small eyes, though, doesn't she? She does have small eyes. They're kind of small eyes. It's disconcerting, to say the least. But you know what? In New Jersey, Taylor Swift means a fast pork roll. You go down there to Ocean City, you go to, you know what I'm talking about, you go to the boardwalk and order a Taylor Swift, you'll get one right away. You, you should have thought about that, that's all I'm saying. got to pick stage names carefully. You do. You do. <laughs> well, anyhow, we're going to have a lot of fun here tonight. It's going to be a good night. You ready for it? I think I'm ready. I need you to be ready for this. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm okay. ready. All right, well, let's get going here. Let's bring up my first guest. He's a dear friend of mine from uh, way back and uh, just a terrific fella. He's, he's got a kind of wild look about him, and he's always a great friend, and I'm just so excited he came down tonight. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the chair. Peter Glantz is here. Peter, come on up. I have to watch it. Oh, my goodness, that's a... I had my head down, looking at your... There we are. Nice grab that microphone there. Hello. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing well. As soon as I walked in here, my heart lifted. That's this place is incredible. What it's like in a basement full of stuff, isn't it? <laughs> That's, yeah, this is just like my basement. Yeah, it's my garage sale away from home, is what I like to say about this. Mm -hmm. Well, you must be doing well for yourself. I'm doing pretty well, yeah. thank you. Yeah, wow. please. Well, do you are, do we get to uh, shop a little after the show? Sure, make me yeah. an offer. All right. I'm happy to do uh, better than 10% on everything. Really? Yeah. All right. Do you need anything to drink? You okay? Well, I, I, I would love some. I have to say that I, I've been uh, fasting for nine days. Yeah. And now I am going to have a glass of wine. Yeah, this should go well. I think that's what's recommended. By the way, we're happy to have our sponsor for tonight, Brooklyn Brewery. Uh, they're providing us really nice beers. And uh, for the audience listening at home, I'm drinking one right now. <laughs> There you go. How's that feel on an empty stomach? Now, Peter, Peter, you came down from Providence, Rhode Island. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Came down on the train. You have a good trip? Oh, yeah. The train, you know, it's you can really, uh, it's like an office. They got Wi-Fi. They got people talking on the phone, making deals. It's uh, You thrive you know, in that environment, do you? I, I do. I, I feel like I don't get it enough. You know, I have a studio, and I, you know, I work with other people, but they're animators, and, you know. That's too bad. They're creative people. And yeah. In this it's situation. It's invigorating to be around corporate America. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, learned, I feel like I'm picking up tips on how to deal with my next negotiation. Yeah. I, I, this is how I learn how to negotiate when I do my deals is on the train when I'm listening to people. Like, we have to have, we, we got to button up this meeting so that they don't, so that they'll continue to want to meet with us next time. If, we, yeah. if it lasts too long, it's a direct quote, they're not, yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, you gotta keep it fast, yeah, and then they'll, they'll be willing to meet with you again. Yeah. So I'll try to, but not in a situation like this, I can just chat, right? Yeah, well, absolutely, but you know, if you need to button up a deal, by all means. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I saw it, this mirror ball out there, you think we go 20% yeah. on that, 20%? Talk to me, yeah, we got stuff to get through. Well, you know, I was—I uh, I used to—I used to take that train up there to Providence a lot. I—I I enjoyed enjoyed my trip. Of course, I did a little t continuing education course in mold making up there in Providence, and uh, had a great great time doing it. I once I rode, rode the train once with an Iranian girl, and she was just wild about barbecue sauce. We had to get a lot of. You have the Amtrak witch on the train. The Amtrak witch? The Amtrak witch. Oh, the Amtrak witch. Yeah. No, I've been... Nice chicken sandwich. I, you know, I thought it was very tempting because I've been fasting. Oh, you're and the, fasting. And the yeah, food on the train just looked incredible. They had so good. So many... They have the menu right there at your yeah. seat. 
Yeah, to I look enjoyed at. a lot of that track, which yeah. is in my day. Well, anyhow, Peter, and Providence, of course, is a, it's a one of one of our great spooky cities, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. How they, long have you lived there? I have lived there. I mean, I've lived there on and off for fifteen years. That's a good run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that would get a ball? I kind of felt like maybe people well, would apply. Well, but I don't know. It's not doing I, I guess uh, if you ask them to applause, they will. <laughs> How about, yeah, I'm, I've been in Providence for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's Spooky City. It's not, you know, it's going to be bankrupt in a couple months. But That's all right. I just heard on the radio that they don't have enough money to fix, like, the streets, at, like, even to maintain the current level of potholes. That are there now. And the pothole committee. Yeah, the pothole committee is like we can't even keep them at the current depth. They're just gonna get worse. It's uh, you know, I don't know if you realize that there's some infrastructure issues in America. Well, that's what this show is bringing to life, isn't it? That's what I use this for as a, a platform to address our great uh, ills of this country. It's just but, what uh, I deal with. That's great. And uh, you live in a park, is that true? I do. I live across the street from a beautiful park. It used to be a training ground for uh, military. Uh, there's an armory. But it's a legitimate house you live in. There, I live in a legitimate house. I live in a house. Uh, it's a beautiful, it's a Queen Anne, Queen Anne era house. She's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Just her architectural vision. It was one of the best. Yeah, the way that she was able to combine, you know, the uh, the craftsmanship of the Victorian era, but yes. using mechanized uh, capabilities, turn of the century, oh, it's Mind really blown. incredible. The detail, absolutely amazing. Well, uh, Peter, where did you grow up? I uh, well, I began my life uh, just out of, uh, in uh, New Jersey. That's a better way to say it. Where did you begin your life? I began my life in, well, I began my life in, in New Jersey. Jersey? No, in New York City, actually. I was born in New York City. My mom would not go to any other doctor. What happened in New Jersey? You said New Jersey. You said well, ago. then we moved to New Jersey oh, within okay. a year. Uh, so I uh, moved to New Jersey. And Some then, people are enthusiastic about this. Yeah, hey, I lived in New Jersey when I was a kid. How about that? And then I moved to We moved out to uh, California when I was 10. So I had a real, I, I existed on both coasts. You're right over there, Steve. He's playing a California anthem for you. Yes. So you live in Northern California? Northern California. Out um, in the woods? No, more like this. Well, the suburban woods. And, and did you find a real a great uh, sensitivity was brought out in you there in the in the uh, suburban woods? It, it was because I was because coming from New Jersey where it was real rough and tumble. You know, we uh, there was fighting in the schools. There was you know, and then I moved to California and everyone was really sensitive, and it really shifted my perspective. <laughs> and I started to learn about the value of, uh -huh. of being vulnerable and understanding each other more sure. as humans instead of just like punching each other and then. Moving on. I lived in California. Mm -hmm. Was that your experience? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little simmering rage that they like to just say, no, we're all real great. We're all friendly and everything's cool. But do not buy that non-organic batch of, uh, you know, uh, butterscotch candies or whatever it happens to be. They get real, real righteous about things and they get very, oh, they're just a powder keg out there. Waiting to explode is my experience. And then, well, anyhow, California is a great one of our great states, isn't it? I love it. And so, when, when did you move? When did you move back to Providence? I moved back to Providence, um, right? I moved back, well, two thousand one. The end of two thousand one. It was I had been living in Los Angeles. I lived there for a couple of years. I left almost right after nine eleven. And, uh, you got to get out of Los Angeles right got, now. Yeah, <laughs> well, there was a lot of... Tough people. place to be. I know, I know. Well, there was a... Uh, the, the, the rumors of, of all the attacks that were pending in L.A. were, were high at that That's time. Providence. But that wasn't... No one's attacking Providence. And I could sleep there and comfortable. And just, you know, your car gets damaged when you drive it, but you can bike everywhere and avoid right. the bottom. And so what I, what I want to get to, though, is through all the... And while you're in Los Angeles, you're working for Roger Corman. Is that right? Yes. Because we should say you're a filmmaker, a media artist, you're involved in a great many things on the stage and screen. But you uh, apprenticed or something with Roger Corman, oh, is that right? Yeah, I guess apprentice is a great word for it. I was, Thank I mean, I, I was officially his, I was his assistant. And so that, um, so it was like an apprenticeship uh, while also taking letters and 
faxing things and uh but it was great because i i mean i i i i was in the office you know i worked with him for a year and then got to be a story editor after that and, and then wrote a script for him so it was an incredible experience because the i mean he he's a really uh he's incredibly creative and smart and it's just a really inspirational to be around him and he's also was a, he was a, he was he was pretty old even when i was there he was 74 so it was a little bit also and i was young i was like 23 so i maybe was new to being around older people and he was completely there mentally and he was physically fine but i had this nervousness always that something was going to happen because everyone saw there be a crash in his office and i go running in thinking that there was going to be like i was going to be finding roger corman and having that you know it. that was it and it was going to be as part of hollywood history as, right. the, as the guy who found Roger Corman. But I, luckily, I didn't. That didn't happen. And he's still alive. Still alive. Yeah. And much older now. Much older now, but yeah. he's still making movies. He's made over 500 movies. And I hope he makes 500 more. Me too. A lot of stretched out sweaters on those sets, though, don't you think? Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was not what I was expecting. Uh, well, oh, I was. Want to uh, talk about that? Well, this oh, is what happened. The first first time I got hired to write for Roger, I was still his assistant. He was just like, "I'll I'll pay you a you know modest amount more to sit at your desk when I when I leave for the last two hours every day to write the script." And so I'm excited. This is why I moved to L.A. I want to write for Roger Corman. Yes. So I you know I'm sitting there you know and he's leaving that day, so I'm gonna start right after. He's on his way out. And he comes and he looks at me and he says, he's like, oh, uh, Peter, uh, just one thing. Uh, make sure that there's at least uh, two or three instances of nudity. Okay, bye. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and he, uh, his book's called How I Made 100 Movies in Hollywood and Never Lost a Dime. And that's how. That's why I tell my guests on this show, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> make sure there's, there's a couple little, bits. Bits of nudity. In there. Let's get a little... How about 30% off that mirror ball? All right, let's talk about it afterwards. But Peter, now you've gone on and you started a company, is that right? It's called Imaginary Company. Yes. But it's a real company. Mm -hmm. That's our, uh, our tagline is when we say imaginary, we mean real. It's very clear. And, and so you... you but that was the, the salad movie, was that before this? That was before this. So you made a movie that's a, kind of a DIY uh, uh, about a, a concert. A concert. Con yeah, it's a, well, it's a tour documentary about tour documentary. A, a, band, a band called Lightning Bolt. Many people here, thanks. That was part of why I left L.A., because I... I uh, been there for a while, and I'd written some scripts that producers were trying to make, and okay. they didn't get made, and then here we go, okay. here yeah. we go, come here, and my friend's like, let's make a movie about my friend's band, or our friend's band, and sure. so we just, we yeah, borrowed a camera, and we toured, we went on tour with them for three weeks, and shot it, I edited it on another bar computer, Final Cut Pro 1.0, well, now we're getting yeah, in the weeds. I can't believe it. Okay. Yeah, no. What's it, what's it called? Stuff. What's it called? Oh, Lightning Bolt Powered Salad. And uh, I watched a little clip from it the other day, uh -huh. and I have to tell you, it made me a little frightened for the future of America, Peter. And I know that that future is now much older than they were even when you made that uh, uh, film. But I remember some of those folks were hanging around in Providence. Is that true? Yes, that was a big, that, the the movie was a band that came from Providence, and they were a real uh, core band from that time in Providence at a, at a time when there was a lot of you know a lot of people around the country were were paying attention to the the music and the art that was coming out of Providence at that very time. Very loud, so, very loud. Loud. It was loud. They very loud. That, they that was the trick. They yeah. were masked. They were really loud. The bassist would say that he's like anyone can anyone would be sound good if they just played through my rig because it's so loud and if it's really loud people like it but we know better don't we Peter <laughs> and I remember because uh, when I was there in Providence or the lowlies many years ago I went over to the place that you, you called what was it uh, Fort Thunder over there mm -hmm. and uh, I you know I was just taking one of my evening constitutionals out there on the street walking downtown Providence and a young a nice looking young lady said hey would you like to have some spaghetti I love spaghetti. Of course I'd like to have some spaghetti. I said, absolutely. Uh, let, let's go have some. She led me into a warehouse. Looked to be kind of abandoned over there. 
went up the stairs, went into this place, he had to crawl through a hole to get in. <laughs> I think there may have been some kind of body part paint on the outside, he had to pass through. And he got in, and then they served up this spaghetti, a big pot of spaghetti, and it had just olive oil on it, I think, I hope. <laughs> no sauce, but it was spaghetti. That means she was truth in advertising, that's what she said, we had it. That was the noodles. And more people start coming through the, the orifice there, and uh, they they come in, they go to the back. I said, "What's this? What's going on here with all the people going in the back? They're all there's another dinner back there. There's more food and sauce back there." <laughs> and so, anyhow, I wandered back there, and there's a wrestling match going on. Yeah. People wrestling. Okay, they were robots wrestling. All different kind of people. You ever wrestle? Oh yeah. You Wrest did. Yeah, wrestled. I was in. I was a. I, we we would dress up in costumes and and have tag team events. Uh, there was announcers who would scream and, and announce our fighting. And I had, I met one year we were, I, me and a friend of mine were chefs. We dressed, up, we dressed up as chefs and we were tag team and we had flour in our pockets and that was our secret weapon. Classic. Yeah, and so we were, we were fighting these two people who were like sea enemies and they'd made their whole costumes out of rubber. So they were pretty, they were pretty immobile. And but mistake. Yeah, and we blew flour in their faces and pinned them to the ground, and we you won. won. We won. Well, that's something to tell your grandchildren. I'm proud about that. I always try to make everything for my grandchildren. So now you've got this thing, uh, the Impossible Company, and what do you do with that? That's a production company? Uh, the Imaginary Company. Imaginary. Yeah. Wait, sorry, but you have a show called Being Impossible. I have a show called Being Impossible. All right, so don't get too uh, snarky over there. I love seeing There's Imaginary a, and Impossible. It is. What you're doing. That's why I wanted you on this show to talk about it. Now, I feel really proud that you just said that. It is Imaginary and Impossible. Yeah. And it is, yeah, the Imaginary Company. I Well, I had reached a, I've been working for years. Uh, I take a few years off from doing all the creative stuff and have kind of a full time What did you job. do during that? I was a, uh, I worked at a cable, a cable access TV station. That seems right. Yep. <laughs> worked there for three or four years. Not too far afield. No, not too far afield. I used the skills I had, but yes. I, uh, I didn't have to, uh, I was, you know, I was able to just, just film people, the council meetings and local politics and council got a regular paycheck and, uh, you know, lived a little that way. That's our main competition for this show, is council meetings. <laughs> and, uh, but when I wanted to, but I had the itch, I wanted to make more stuff and yes. gain the world, and I had learned from previous experiences that I needed to have to, to really take it sort of, uh, to break through a certain glass ceiling. I needed a company, yes. a legitimate business. That, uh, so I started the Imaginary Company because I've always had a good network of creative people I work with, can't quite, and we are, and that is, this company is a, a is really a network of all sorts of creative people I regularly work with. And what do you do? You do music videos, you do animations, you do all the stage shows? Music videos, animations, stage shows, and now a series for TV. What's your series going to be? Well, we have, we are, uh, well, there's a lot of series that are in the works, but the thing we're currently sure, doing for TV, too. I can't really talk about that, but I don't want to, I don't want to say anything, uh, you know, prematurely, but I am making, yeah, I'm making it. a series of shorts for the revamp of Liquid Television, which, uh, from yeah, so, uh, that's going to be, so, yeah, so it's cool, because, uh, it seems like there's going to, there's a revamp of the 90s Liquid TV show, and making six shorts for that. And that's with Becky, or no? With Becky. Becky yeah. Stark. Becky Stark. She's a wonderful chanteuse. Oh, yeah. Out of L.A. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's got the beautiful voice and the and the spirited mind. And, and the, the stars in her eyes. And heart. Yeah, that's what her last name is Stark. And that yeah. is represented very close place. to stars. Yes. <laughs> is that why you said that? Sort of, yeah. They, well, she has many nicknames because it is why I said that. You, you got to keep up, Dale. I'm there. I'm moving fast. I'm there. But, but, uh, I'm three steps ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Becky Stark and I are the co creators of this series that we are uh, making for Liquid Television. That's great. That's yeah. terrific. Well, she does great work, and uh, you know, we've, we've uh, talked often. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, what are you talking about? Oh, well, we've, uh, you know, we uh, ran into each other a few times in Los Angeles when I was out there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we, she and I were in an early production of Tennessee Williams together, wearing masks. Sounds very, very erotic. <laughs> like this podcast. Yeah. So, uh, and what do you got, a Wilco thing coming up? Yes, uh, making a... Um, 
a music video for the band Wilco. I've heard of it. Some of these people here probably heard of it. How did that come about? That came about uh, because of... Uh, it's, yeah. Wilco's greatest hits over there. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, see, laughs> you know, Wilco's a huge fan God. of that court. Uh, it came about just a, because of a, um, again, through the sort of a creative connection, a, an artist I'd worked with on a, a music video, another music video for Andrew W.K. He's uh, a wild man. He's a wild man. His, uh, this artist had a friend who's also an artist who works with Wilco, and they, they wanted him to make a music, they wanted to make a music video around his art, and yeah. they were trying to find someone who could work with him, and they saw the video, so... These two artists talked to each other, and he recommended they they all talk to me, and they saw what I've done, and we, you know, came up with an idea, and uh, now it's happening. You know, it's just you know you gotta you know it's one of those things that I just feel lucky that the internet exists. Button it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, button it up. Remember, I gotta remember what I learned. Yeah. So uh, that's how it happened. Uh, you know, just creative connection. That's true. Right? That's how it works. Like, what's the website called? Imaginarycompany.org. Imaginary dot org. You want the org? It's, I, yeah. Well, I I wanted dot com. I missed it. Some uh, some. Uh, uh, you know what? It's not about the website. Uh, people about it. No, it's about real life and touching people. Yeah. What's going on with that sweater of yours? Oh. Oh mm. well, this is. I wore this. I, I I threw this in my bag, and then I thought when I was coming here, that I should put it on because I want to do an experiment that I'm excited about. Oh, Can I do it? Oh, I'm excited for you, okay. too. Can you <laughs> I love when people bring experimental sweaters to the show. Well, if you yeah. can all see for the, this. For the audio uh, listeners at home. I'll, well, I'll explain it for the audio yeah, I know you will. Yeah, well, okay. okay. See, here there's... Talk about Final Cut again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Tell me what's going on in your sweater. All right. Do you find that or do you make it? I found, or no, it was given to me by my sweetheart. Your sweetheart. My sweetheart, Meredith Stern. Oh, get a shout was, uh, out for her. Yeah, extraordinary well, artist. She's at home now? She's at home now. She's, she's taking, taking care of the garden. And the cats? And the cats. What's your cat's name? Uh, Gandalf and Jello. Yeah. Okay, tell us about this sweater. Okay, the sweater, if you see here, um, if you're listening at home, it's a, there's an embroidery of some bees, and it says bees. And then yeah. there's some embroidery of some birds, and it says birds. <laughs> and then there's embroidery of butterflies, and butterflies. snails, <laughs> and then it says do it. do it. And then on the arm, it says, here, can you read that? Fall in love. Fall in love. Let's fall in love. Let's fall in love. So I, what I want to try to do, yeah. if, I'll try to button it up because I can feel that it's time to button it up. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're not on the quiet part, but we're close. Okay. Well, this is the experiment. I would like to try to sing this by pointing at these things with you, the audience, and then have people at home who are listening. Yeah, do it too. Listen to your earpods, if you're on the train or whatever. Treadmill, walk, try to call along and to sing show. along with us. And then yeah. we'll forever be singing together. Yeah. And that's the happy thing, you know? It's just like, that's what I think it can be all about. All right, you want to try it? Yeah? yeah? Okay. So follow after me. Um, Steve, you want to try? Do you want to repeat and do some music to it? Okay, give it a drink. Okay. I might have a drink while this is happening. Okay. <laughs> Ready? Everybody at home, remember to try to learn along with the audience here. Bees, Bees do, it. do it. Birds do That was awesome. I want to do one more time Excuse so I can follow along while you're listening at home. There we now go. Now that you know it. Ready? Everybody. Everybody.
Steve-O, how about you play a little something? We're going to switch up the microphones. Oh, you're doing it now. I feel it. This is, this is exciting. It's like a, a, a genetic engineering commercial. guest. This is a real thrill for me. Uh, all of the guests are thrilled. Just spending time with people is a thrill for me, to be honest. Just being outside of the house. But, uh, of course, you may recognize her from uh, the New York Neo-Futurists, some of her many appearances on the cable television shows, or just from my Facebook updates about this show tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Lauren Sharp to the chair. <laughs> which you're here, and uh, uh, you're, uh, I want you to clarify something for me, because uh, your list on the website is an alumni. Yes. And when I did you graduate from I that program? I graduated uh, earlier this year. Yes. Um, it's, there's continuing education involved, but... Um, I know something about that. Yeah, and yeah. rulemaking. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a group... It's important to have a release yes. agent. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you want to get... Something... The, uh, something uh, like any kind of a, or what is it? It's going to be like, like a spray canola or Vaseline, sure. anything, just to get the two parts of the Sorry. mold apart at the parting line. That's sure. what it's called. And so, uh, uh, so you, you, how long have you been involved with the? Let's explain what it is. Sure. Uh, and the neo futurists uh, are both a Chicago and New York theater company. Uh, the New York company is a sister company, sort of, to the Chicago company, who's yes. been around for 24 years. That's a good run. Um, and we're here in New York. Thank you for for. Um, <laughs> anytime we say how old something is, we want to do a poll. That's right. <laughs> uh, and the New York New Futures are around for uh, eight years. Yeah. Uh, yes, running a show that's their signature show. That's right. Thank you, Steve. Um, it's only a couple of minutes late, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still got it in there. As long as it gets there, That's it's fine. what I'm saying. We have a show called uh, Too Much Light Makes the Baby Go Blind. Too Much Light Makes the Baby mm -hmm. Go Blind. Yes. Which, uh, as I said, is something I could have learned when I was uh, <laughs> bringing up dear baby Pepsi. But uh, <laughs> my niece Katrina's baby, of course, I was sure. never interested in having children. Then I took her in. She had a baby. Anyhow, uh, the, uh, the show that you do... I was fortunate enough to attend one of the programs. I do my homework for this show, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to know I went to a 10.30 show on Friday. It's quite late for me, but I went over there to the Lower East Side, one of my favorite places to be on a late night Friday night. Dangerous. Some good people out there. Just gotta dodge. And uh, I, I went and I want you to know, I want you to know, because you, you, you can kind of, uh, there's a pay scheme that's involved with this neo-futures thing. And sure. I should say they create 30, is that right? 30 plays. New plays mm -hmm. in 60 minutes. Yes, we do. And so they create the plays and then they do them in 60 minutes and the audience calls out which number mm -hmm. and then they do perform the play in whatever order the, the numbers are called. Mm -hmm. And they have an innovative strategy there as far as paying, which you can roll the dice, and it's whatever that number is plus the base fee. Mm -hmm. I pay top dollar. I bought oh, it online. I pay oh, top okay. dollar. Well, that's uh, no, it's fine. I'm happy to support theater. It's fine. Uh, and so I pay top dollar for this thing, and I went to go see the show, 10.30 on a Friday. I went to go see it, and they let me in nicely, and the guy sat me down on the aisle. That's what they do. They oh. sit you down on the aisle. Yep. 
and I'm happy to have out because I like to stretch out my legs, you see. It's just like yeah. on an airplane. I like to sit. I don't like the window seat. I like to stretch out in the air. And the guy sat me down. Then the next thing sat, there are not many people there, by the way. Oh, no. Friday night's a notoriously Fridays tough crowd. Mm -hmm. It's a tough crowd. Thursday nights are great. Right. That's right. <laughs> Right? But Friday nights are tough because they're after work. It's like they're on a date or something. It's weird. Yeah. I've always had a weird Friday nights whenever I perform them. So I go there and I sit down, and then the next thing I know, the guy comes out from the stage. He brings a stool to the person behind me, the same dance, same oh, behind no. me. Turns out the guy came in on crutches. He's got a cast. Oh, so there's oh. a cast right here. Cast oh, of a foot. Cast in the face. Right here, next time. I paid top dollar for that. You understand? I can probably. I watched the whole show with that cast next to Did it smell? I don't want to talk about it, to be honest with you. But it was still a good show. It was fun. They had it. was a very high spirit. Remember? You know, I, I did some of the things with Peter. I performed with Peter sometimes. I did some shows with Peter, and it took me back to those times being there. Just as the kind of rawness of theater as it was. Mm -hmm. Did you start out with them in Chicago? I did. I started uh, performing um, in what they call primetime shows in Chicago, uh, which are longer form sort of full length pieces that they do four times a year there. And I. Are those are earlier? They're 8 p.m., yes. That's a nice time. Yeah. <laughs> it's more reasonable. Very reasonable. You get a chance to get some dinner. Mm hmm. Get some dinner before yeah, you drink. Yeah, see a show, get home at a reasonable hour. Yeah, then you can, you can drink after, you know? You don't have to drink and fall asleep in the seats. Yeah, you have to drink through. Mm. <laughs> no, it's not. Anyhow, did you start out in Chicago? I did. Uh, I, I was in Chicago until recently, and... Uh, uh, Is that where you're from? No, I'm from Indiana. Indiana? That's basically... It's Illinois, isn't it? Yeah, it's really close. They're neighbors. <laughs> so we were uh, in Chicago for eight years. Eight years. We. Oui. Uh, that's a number. That's a number. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. There's a well trained audience. Yeah. They get it. At home, they're clapping. Don't <laughs> worry. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so so yeah. you grew up in Indiana. Were you, as so many of my guests are, a troubled teen? Uh, no, I was really boring and um, I was very obedient and. Boring? Well, boring in the best possible way, meaning I didn't get into trouble. You excelled at the things that you were set right. out to do, is that mm -hmm. true? Were you in musicals and things? I, I was when I was very small, but then um, mainly my, my area of expertise was um, classical ballet. I was very seriously trained. Well, you're talking to a dancer, as you saw me earlier I tonight. Did see. I did see. That was my dream. I tell you, this is, this is real truth now. I've always wished I was a dancer. It's not too late. I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. Do you think you think I could still do it? You think I could make it yeah, as a manager? I mean, it's going to take some years. It's going to take some work. But I, don't I think have that. years or work. <laughs> Either one. <laughs> Can I do it with whiskey? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, Many have well, done that. Maybe I'll give it a shot. I think you're going to need to do modern dance though. <laughs> modern is dance okay? is what I'm into. Okay. Absolutely. Very Martha Graham. Grammar. You see Pina, the documentary? I loved it. That was terrific, wasn't it? it was Germany so looks great. Germany is beautiful. Germany never looks so good as it does in that. What about when she comes on in the monster costume? Anybody see this documentary Ooh. I'm talking about? Yeah. Pina Bausch, she's one of the greats. I, I saw their production out there at Zellerbach Hall in mm. Berkeley when I was out there, and it was mm -hmm. terrific. I chopped onions and just cried, and it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I did a Neo Futurist play when she passed away, actually. You did? Mm -hmm. It was called Truce Pina, meaning goodbye. Let me ask you something. Yeah. I was thinking of doing a video that was called Pinky uh, Bausch. <laughs> it would just be my pinky dancing to. Do 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 we're coming up with a lot of things. Peter, I got some projects for you. I want to run by you. We can do this. Uh, so, and, and you're also trained as a clown. Is that true? That is also true. Did you do, uh, where did you train for that in um, Indiana? You know, I didn't, I, I, I trained sort of by happenstance, doing a lot of work um, with a theater company uh, in Chicago called Red Moon. Uh, and, Are they known for their clown work? They're known for site-specific and clown work, yes. But also, I didn't know I was clowning, and I, I think I have been for years. Accidental clowning. Yep. It's <laughs> <laughs> the trickiest kind. <laughs> but then I got the chance to actually put it into practice, and I, I work um, as a pediatric hospital clown. 
That's terrific. You're like a lady patch Adams. You That's go right. over there and you, you, you do the, the, do the planning for the kids that are suffering. Yep. How can you be upset with that? That's you terrific. You can't. That's great. What do you do as a day job? You have a day job um, in addition to that? Yeah, I'm a teaching artist with uh, a theater uh, theater called the New Victory Theater. The New Victory Theater. Yes. A dear friend of mine. The new works one. over there. That's a great place. Yeah. They've got great uh, shows for children. So great. So great. None of you are children. But you can see them. I can tell. Well, but they do great work. They do great stuff. Very lucky to be there, yes. It's so quiet and humid at the same time. <laughs> and my face is getting hot because I'm drinking the whiskey. I've had dates exactly like this. <laughs> Have you? You're married? I'm married to this person. There's a person this here. This guy on the love, the yeah. love seat. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good that you weren't sharing your love seat with somebody else. No. What does he do? Uh, he is also an actor. Oh, oh boy. Oh, yeah. What do you got? A 403B somewhere? <laughs> Something like that. A C, I think. A 403C. That's, you'll be fine. <laughs> Steve, it's okay. You're all right. <laughs> I like it, but you know, you know, we're talking about serious stuff here. Planning for kids, pediatrics. So you didn't, you didn't train with Lecoq or anything like no, that? No, gosh, I wish I, I, wish I had out, because that would be super fun, and I think of the dance and that's great. play and all that stuff. I, I performed with some of those folks yeah. out there in Minneapolis. What was your favorite thing to do? Well, I was in drag for uh, three months doing an election-themed show about Ubu. Whoa. <laughs> Zing. You're welcome. <laughs> Picture me in a dress, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. A nighty, to be exact. But uh, now you've also been, you, 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 you're, of course, a working actress. And you, you work, or do you prefer actor? What's the, what's the? I, I mean, I, you know, as long as I'm working. I don't know. Hey, oh, <laughs> that's right. As long as I'm working. But what, you go off for the commercial auditions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I told you. We were over at the bar. I said, I once did a commercial audition where I had to be, I had to act disappointed with just my stomach, and I mm. didn't get it. <laughs> we all know I could do that. You can totally do that. <laughs> Something about the DMV. You're supposed to be at the DMV and act like sad with your stomach. I've actually had that experience. <laughs> I couldn't I, see that. And I didn't get the, the part, so I said, you know what, forget it. Yeah. It's okay. I'll do a show down here in the basement. <laughs> I'll touch 20 people's lives and it'll be magical. It's more real. It's more real. It is. But you've had success in television. Yeah. You were on, uh, you had a bit of a Randy scene, didn't you, recently? Oh, that, yeah, it's so funny because it, so, it was so long ago now, but it, yes, I, I did. Wait, it's not which long one? ago in my mind. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> But uh, Boardwalk Empire, you yes. played a, a, a topless ukulele player. Is Not just right? topless. <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I should tell you. That you were fully nude? Yeah, that? yes, I was. And, uh, but I had my ukulele to cover me. You know, a funny thing about this show is that the woman that was on for the season premiere of season mm -hmm. four of Dale Radio, Emmy Abisker, she went out for yes, this season. I made friends thing. with her. Well, okay, don't get we too excited. Well, because so you, you make friends you, with people who are. All being called Naked and playing this. the ukulele. Yes. Yes, That's how most of my friends are made. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you both went out for that. You got called back together. We did. We were, there were six of us, and it was a bonding experience. That's right. Now, what were you were all in robes there we playing were, the ukulele. You play the ukulele? I do. Really professionally, or like? No, around? I taught myself, and um, I used it for clowning and. Um, and uh, other things now. Use it for clowning. I like to use things for clowning. <laughs> but, uh, so you were there with uh, Steve uh, Buscemi there. Yes. And without any shirt on. Nope. That's got to be a fantasy for some of the people here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and you work with Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. And you work with Dale Seaver. That's kind of a... It's the, it's the trilogy. <laughs> Triad. Trifecta of awkwardness, I think. That's pretty good. <laughs> Sex symbols in our own right. <laughs> you know, Boardwalk Empire, do you have a recurring role on that, or that was just a one-off? It was a one-off. Did you yeah. get killed or anything? I didn't no, no murder, just, um, uh, just sort of, you know, fade out on me. Yeah. But you and Steve. Well, you know. I, you would have been a Randy business. Well, he was very kind. We ate rickshaw dumplings together in robes. So, you know, 
What were you doing? Well, nothing. I just I was lying nothing. on the floor, and I was I was like around his crotch, hilarious. Right, sure, but sure. there was implied. it was implied. I did have a moment where I said to myself, "This is hilarious." I'm listening to Steve Buscemi's stomach growl. What is my life? You didn't have enough to eat. He seemed hungry. They have nice craft services over there on board. They have the dumpling truck, and then dumpling you truck. know there's other stuff too, but. Yeah. I've waited in a line at a dumpling truck. <laughs> you know, my great-uncle, uh, my great-great-uncle, I should say, probably, was a prohibition officer. He was an enforcer on that thing. Mm. He'd be very disappointed with me. <laughs> Down there in Atlantic City. Mm -hmm. And my uh, some, some somewhere in the family tree was a mayor of Atlantic City. You've got a lot of history back there. Yeah, a lot of history. Oh, Just in general, a lot of history. And what was the, the you played? You were on board to death. Yes, too. that was really fun. And what you were? You were a superhero. I was a super fan, a superhero, cape wearing um, fan. Yes, of Zach's. Of Zach Galifianakis. Mm -hmm. You had fun with him. It was real fun. He seems like a fun guy. He tickles me. Yes. Yes, it was very good. And uh, yeah, he was wearing his unitard the whole time and. It was really fun. I'm wearing a unitard. Underneath? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's so human for you. <laughs> exactly. Have you spent a lot of time in a unitard? Uh, I try not to, because I think unitards are actually worse than being naked. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, Think about that tonight when you're undressing from your unitard. <laughs> and they're hard to get up. The zipper is tricky, you know. You need a friend. You do. Or a husband. My friend. Being very respectful, aren't I? Okay, good. What kind of shows are you in? We'll talk after the show. <laughs> and so, and so, what other projects have you got going on right now? Uh, well, uh, we just finished uh, one of the um, the full length pieces I spoke of um, with the New York Neo Futurists, and we yes. took it to Arena Stage in DC, which was amazing. And what was that project? Because it's was, a fascinating project. Yeah, it was um, it was called the Complete and Condensed Stage Directions of Eugene O'Neill, Volume One. Thank you. Some people uh, over here saw it, and they're interested, or they're interested in it. Oh, they like, like they like the title. Yeah. Um, or they like when I touch the chair like this. I think that's it. <laughs> you were sitting in a chair like this. <laughs> No, well, no. not for that long. Not for long. Enough. That was the one. That's the linger. Have you learned one thing from tonight, Lauren? Linger. <laughs> It'll serve you well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So this thing, and it won an award. It won. It was nominated for an award. Yes, we yes. got nominated for a Drama Desk Award, which is really great because. You know, we drama does the work. People are saying, "Who and I?" Yeah, it's they cool, know. right? They know. You know, we don't even have toilet paper in our theater, so it's very exciting to be. You know, <laughs> we don't believe in toilet paper here. We have just the cloth that you can use back there. It's very green. It's very green. It's very environmental. It's a damp cloth, so you have to get, you have to get, you get on the right side. <laughs> boy, oh boy! Anyhow. <laughs> If you believe it's a step up from where I used it is. to be. It is. It is. <laughs> it totally is. So that's great. So that's yeah. going. You just performed at Arena Stage, yes. is that right? Yeah. In Washington, D.C. Do you have a nice reception down there? They were really great. And what is it? It's the stage directions of Eugene O'Neill? Yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. They're sad? Um, well, not necessarily. When It turns out when you cut out of the text, um, it gets pretty absurd. Okay. So you see, uh, it's it's a it's what I like to call a, a farce or a comedy and a comedy, a physical comedy. So it's uh it's well, it's a rollicking good time. Well, terrific! Are you going to be performing that here now? Um, we did in in uh in the fall and two sold out houses, which is really cool. And now you know we're we're, we're working towards tonight. it is it's packed. <laughs> we're working towards a volume. Well, over a hundred thousand people are here tonight. Yeah. It's it's so quiet. They're so lucky. Wait till we do the thing when everybody has to raise the placards in different colors. It's exciting. It's gonna be beautiful. Yeah. So that what are you performing at? At the at the crane where I was? We, we performed at the crane last uh, last fall, and now we're just sort of working on potential volume two, actually. Oh my goodness! And there's the, more stage directions. There's a lot. We only did the legal ones up until nineteen. What was it? Nineteen nineteen. Twenty three. Sorry. Nineteen twenty three. Otherwise, we had. Glad you're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve, oh no, she's here. He's got it. He's got it. He's got it. So you know. Any of the old Riley, O'Neill, he's got it. He knows what he's talking about. 
I don't enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. It's fair. It's fair enough. Some I do. You know what I've been using recently is a deodorant that you put on with your hands. It's made over here in the American Can Factory. So what wild. color is it? What color is it? Yeah. It's uh, the color of uh, a Nordic person. It's very creamy. What do you mean color? Well, I didn't know if it, you know, was clear or. No, it's a kind of a cream. It okay. looks like tapioca, but without the, the you know, tapioca. Yeah. Like a vanilla pudding. But a little bit harder than that. Well, let's talk about this more after okay. the show. Okay. <laughs> so what was the palm reading? What was the results? Well, um, let me see if I can remember. Well, we started talking about how I thought that I was brand new because I'm super positive about life. And I thought that I was like... Let me see that palm <laughs> Yeah. Right? That's like the palm of a baby. It's a baby palm. It's a baby palm. You know, I once had my palm read by a Japanese person out there at uh, Robert Wilson Center out there in Long Island. Oh, wow. What'd they say? How about that? That's pretty good. That's some name dropping I just did for the theater. It went thud. That's all right. Some people at home will know what I'm talking about. They will. Look them up. There's a picture of him drunkenly explaining what it's like to do videos in Times Square. I spent a lot of time looking at my hand. Lauren is what I'm talking about. And the guy, this Japanese fellow, he said, I've never seen a hand that had such definite lines in it, such determination in terms of where you're headed. You believe that? It's great. Where I'm headed is doing a podcast from a basement of the Kiwanis. Straight to the top. Straight to the top. At the bottom first. You gotta go bottom first. You gotta go bottom to get top. We do. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's sexual. That's how I took it, at least. <laughs> so you got to do anything else? What's coming up? Yeah, working on a piece um, called Falling, and that's been in the works for a year or so. This is where you have people interpret different things and they're falling? Uh, we're, we're, maybe. We don't know quite yet. One of my finer questions, ladies and gentlemen. I, I urge you to go to the archive and look through all the episodes and listen to the questions that I ask. That'll be among the top. That was, top, that was number three? It's number three. Yeah. yeah. Um, so right yes. after uh, Corey McAfee was here last month, he said, you need, uh, I gave birth to my child at home. I said, do you need a bucket? Do you need a bucket for that? That... That's number two. What was the answer? No, he didn't use a bucket. I would have used a bucket. Sure, I mean, it's a catch-all. I'm not... I don't know how you're going to get it in the... Okay, yeah, so, yes, the answer to number three is Lots me. of babies are born in buckets. It's a perfectly fine place. You know, they don't need much. <laughs> they don't need They don't need much. It's what I'm saying. I never wanted a job, and then my niece got pregnant. This is what happened. I said, well, what am I supposed to do? Katrina, she came in, and she, 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 I said, well, I'll take you in, because you're family. And then I had to go with her. We rode in a cab ride all the way up to the uh, upper, upper west side. We gave birth to this child. Talk about potholes. Peter was talking about potholes. You know, we had every pothole along the way. But we got there. She, you know, her labor, her total labor time was nine minutes. She was young. What's that? She was young. She was young, sure. But uh, I barely signed the form before the baby came out. They said, Mr. Seaver, do you want to see it there? I said, I'd like to have a Pepsi. And then that's how she was named Baby Pepsi. I said, oh, you got it all wrong here. But uh, that's what's on the birth certificate. So. Well, she's got Pep. She's got Pep. And she named her little baby doll Pizza. 
Sounds like a good combo. What are you going to do? Pizza and Pepsi's not bad. Oh, it's great. You going to have any kids? Work, maybe. Yes, I would like to. Good, you can't have that then. Come on. All right. Yeah. Uh, along. Moderation, right? <laughs> well, get it going, and that'll be it. That'll put you in a mood. That's good. You think you'll be good? You think you have some good kids? Yeah. I think you will. <laughs> Fingers crossed. That's the guy. Mm-hmm. He's going to put That's it in one. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, why do people say, why are people recoiling in that? That's, <laughs> that's how it happens, folks. He's very attractive. He's very attractive. <laughs> Maybe we'll go out after him. Hey. Lauren, how do you find yourself online? Well, you can go... It's very clear you can Not go... how you find yourself. Well, I would other all I have to do is type L, and then on Google Chrome, mine comes up, up first because yeah, I do a lot of work through the... Yeah. So, yeah. laurensharp.com is very easy Lauren to find. Laurensharp.com. And where do, you, where do you do the pediatric stuff? That? Um, that is throughout hospitals and all over the city. Through the big apple great work that you do, and you're such well, an inspiration to everybody, I think, here, sitting here tonight. Certainly to me in this chair. Thank you very much for being here. That's terrific. Take what you need. Whoa. What was that? Oh, I see. There you go. Your first rodeo. Take that. There you go. Make a baby tonight, will you? You inspire some people to put things in other things. That's what's going to happen tonight, and that's what I hope happens for all of you tonight, that you receive something that you weren't expecting. Maybe in a place you weren't expecting. Oh, my goodness. What happened? I felt a drop. Quite honestly, I'm happy that's not a turd.
she was there and I was nude and we had a moment just like we've had here tonight. I want to thank Brooklyn Brewery, Film Biz Recycling, the Gowanus in general, Twig for making this great thing. You have fun, Steve? It smells good in here. It smells like people are having a good time. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. Till next time, I'll be filling imaginary whiskey bottles with starshine and hope. Yeah. Now, ladies and gentlemen, now let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy. Thank you all for being here very much. Steve will play us out with something, will Oh my goodness, a lot of people came together to make this season possible, and my thanks go out to all of them, including the folks behind the season four take on the theme song, originally composed by Steve O'Reilly at Engine Sound. This version is arranged by Lisa Mezzacappa and John Finkbeiner, performed by Lisa Mezzacappa and VJ Anderson, recorded, mixed, and mastered by John Finkbeiner at New Improved Recording in Oakland, California. Thanks also to the following generous, good-looking, and fun-at-parties friends of the program. Cole Akers, Miranda Banks, Rachel Bears, Stefan Bodeker, Hannah Bowes, The Brain Flutter Foundation, Melissa Broder, Adam Bronstein, Justin Carroll, Tom Carroll, Amy Chang, John Charles, Tanisha Christie, Rachel Turner, Pamela Clapp, Julie Cummings, Amanda Duarte, Emily Elson, Dan Engber, Alex Estrovis, Sidney Erickson-Feinstein, Lauren Fitzgerald, Aaron Gabbard, Tanya Glanz, Jay Harlow, Betty Jo Hallett. My goodness, this is a lot of beer. Thank you. This is outstanding. Meredith Hudson, Melissa Yeager-Miller, Steve Lambert, Daniel Lee, Maura Madden, Shauna McGarry, Michelle Meggett, George Noctree, Peter Noctree, Susan Newberry, Aaron Nichols, Steve O'Reilly, Ann Philbin, Elizabeth Eva Rossoff, Gabe Roth, Rebecca Rothbaum, Trinidad Ruiz, Jacqueline Skagg, Shannon Stratton, Joel Tompkins, Karen Weber, Gabe Weiser, Will K. Wilkins, Brian Ye, and 10 anonymous friends. Thank you all very much.